Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. The flight attendant. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. We are still in week 39, and I am Noah Kirkpatrick, your taxidermied polar bear cub. <laughs> Joining me today, we've got two very special folks that are always here. But one's the mini bottle of vodka to my tower of vodka bottles at a rave, Alison Shoemaker. That's me. <laughs> and then the collection of Russian literature to my collection of plastic sleeved and chronologically ordered vintage Playboys, Kate Kolzak. How are you both doing today? I'm uh, doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Alison, are you enjoying the bit? I'm loving the bit. Are you kidding? I want this every time now. You're you're raising expectations here, which yes. at some point I'm going to have to host again, and I will not live up to them. So just listen. I don't be think aware. it's as good as the um the flight onboarding thing. I, I think uh, it's Monday. very good. No, it's I think very good. This is very good. I mean, it is a natural extension of your "I'm changing my Zoom name" bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. um, yeah, which I which I love. I encourage you to keep going. It's classic streaming in place. My partner was like, you should do that for the next few episodes for the flight intro. And I just went, it's so long. Mm-hmm. It took so much to do. Um, I can't do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, today we're talking about the flight attendant still. We're talking about episodes uh, three and four and five, sorry, conspiracy theories and other people's houses. Um, so there's a number of places to start, but... Um, do we do we want to talk about like where do we want to start? Because I have a couple of notes, but mainly they're like highlight type deals of like Tara Knight and Davy are really good, and Tara Knight is very good on this show. Um, but then there's also like a bunch of other things that um, like the hotel space is g- getting really well used across both of these episodes in particular. Um, but should we just start with what a good good boy Max is? Because I feel like we should talk about how what a good good boy Max is. <laughs> I've got I've got a bit here, mini bit okay. that I'm calling right, back yes. for our Podlander drunk cast listeners. Okay. Uh, which is I just I was watching these episodes, especially the second of these two episodes, the entire time. Allison, it mm-hmm. can't have just been me going doom face, doom face, doom face, doom yep. face, doom face, doom face. Which yep. means he's a he has a face that is doomed. Yeah, uh, doomed so face. I'm actually very invested in in Max. Um, he needs to be okay. I may have done some Googling to mm-hmm. determine whether or not he's dead, um, which I'm very comfortable with, hence my admission of it. Um, yeah. I won't say, I will not confirm nor deny, but uh, I was, I, you know, like, because the whole time you're like, okay, we need him here so that Cassie has a way to reasonably find out information because she doesn't know anything about like you know that would lead her to think she would be able to hack into anything you know like doesn't make sense um so she needs help and it makes sense to have him be this but also because clearly someone's gonna get like snipered or something like something's happening he's not getting out of this alive um and i'm very much not okay with that on on Annie's behalf, but also specifically on Max's behalf, they do such a good job of making him incredibly charming and likable in this, where he's like, this is a terrible idea. But also now, damn it, I, I want to know. I, I kind of need to finish... Sorting the like we could we could probably we could probably do this thing like with the the, the shredded paper that you always see in the movies that seems ridiculous. I, I already found a match. Like it's it's so engaging. I'm so on board with Max, and like his, his like, eh, it's a terrible idea. Ah, fuck it, swig the vodka. <laughs> like it 
really, it, it makes so much sense for why Annie is with him, that they bring out, both of them bring out different, like a similar energy in her that she is trying to embrace and, and she is looking for, that she's clearly not getting in her professional life. They're also very different from each other, Max and and, and Cassie, but like the, the idea that they could connect on certain things and like this is one of them, this like needing to pick at it kind of thing. And that's the same kind of uh, aspect of his personality that would lead him to become a hacker and want to develop these skills and stuff, right? Makes complete sense. They like for somebody that is just there to be Deus ex machina and to like be a plot delivery device of like type 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 type. Oh, here's your ID. Type type type. Right. Uh, that it's that kind of character I think handled really well. So yeah, I am, I am, I'm. I shall miss his shining face or his his what's what's the what's the. His happy face. His I happy will miss face. His happy face. I will miss his happy face. Um, I well, Kate, did you just did you just give something away? No, I did not. I very okay. intentionally am not. Okay. Um, I think this is my fault. Like Cassie, I'm starting to think this is my fault because I was uh, watching episode five after rewatching episode four mm-hmm. and enjoying it very much and was so pro max. What a fun performance. What a great character. Every lead in a TV show that's falling apart should get a Felicity or a Cisco. Like everybody should. It's great. It was, it's narratively convenient. She's got somebody to talk to. I'm very, very into max. Uh, so I tweeted, uh, make max from the flight attendant, the next bachelor. And then he got hit by a car. <laughs> So uh, clearly that's on me. Um, I agree. I think, you know, who doesn't love a little cinnamon roll um, who's patient and who's a a good boyfriend and who listens and who is um, emotionally intelligent and who isn't judgy. I'm very pro max. I agree. Uh, And that was just when it seemed like they had gotten away. um, That was really horrifying. The end of that and the end of episode five hits. Well, oh my God, I was about to say hits like a truck, but that's pretty insensitive. Um, it hits hard. Because it hits like a car. It hits it's like, like a, car. a sedan. Yeah. 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 Uh, Marcus says if he does survive, his face probably wouldn't be very happy. And that is that is that is true. If he does survive, he got hit by a car. Probably there's going to be some swelling. I just would yeah. imagine. Uh, Noel, how is how is Max for you? I mean, I love Max. I think he's, the show does, like you said, Kate, such a great job of sort of establishing him and hitting all these traits. And one of the things I really, really like about Max, especially compared to everyone else, is he is externally aware. Um, He's not wrapped up in whatever is going on inside himself as much as literally every other character on this show is. He's very outward facing and he has empathy. He's interested in other people. Um, and like you said, with being like a listener, he's, he's almost not waiting for his opportunity to talk. He's wanting to engage in some way. So when he gets this opportunity to go on this weird adventure with this woman he just met, but who's best friends with his, not his girlfriend, um, because he's willing to unpack Annie's compartmentalization issues at any point. <laughs> but the fact that he's just willing to kind of go along with this because it's kind of fun, and but also that he thinks he can help and wants to help is the other thing. I think is really interesting. And yeah, no, very much a plot device kind of deal, but it's such a compelling performance and such a compellingly written plot device that doesn't matter because when he does get hit by that car, you're just like, Oh shit. No, not max. 
I just spent the past hour getting deeply invested in this man that I have known for slightly more than an hour. Um, so I think it's just, it's a really good sort of layering. And I think it also really kind of parallels really nicely with our other kind of weird floater of a man, uh, Buckley, the actor that Cassie keeps uh, hooking up with um, across the past couple episodes of a guy who just seems to really like animals and is okay with that, which is fine. He's just got like barely awake mug. It's very charming. It would be more charming if they were if it was the wee bear bears. If it was Grizz. Yeah. No. Absolutely. But, but I mean, you know, yeah. 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 Can't have everything. Can't have but, that HBO you know. Max synergy. You know, because this was made before wee bear bears was necessarily on HBO Max. But yeah. I know, see. I I know some stuff about Buckley about like what's things that are coming with that character. Wow. Because, like, when I, like, first was reading about the show, like, before we were going to do it on the podcast, I saw a thing. Like, I was like, oh, what is, this is on HBO Max, like, just getting some basic, like, background. And, like, I didn't get spoiled on pretty much anything else, but I got, I got some spoiled on the fact that he would be around a little longer. Like, because when you first meet him, he does, it feels like a one-off thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a good job of, of kind of establishing that. Um, and, and I think, I think I had seen the first three when I read it. So, like, it also spoiled the stuff with Megan, but I already knew that stuff. You know, so, like, so, yeah. So, I, I there's some stuff that I know that is yet to come with that character. So, I'm not going to say too much other than to say um, I look forward to discussing it when I no longer am ahead of where we are. See, now you've made me suspicious. Because if, the, if we were watching Orphan Black and not The Flight Attendant, I would assume that he was a plant, right? Like, he was <laughs> yeah. an inside guy. He's um, also a clone, obviously. <laughs> maybe maybe not um lionfish is just, just a big cloning operation you just had oh no idea God. we've blown this whole thing wide open it, yeah i just uh i like the dynamic that it adds as it exists now um like there's this other perfectly normal incredibly dysfunctional you really need to seek treatment life that cassie has that's just like continuing while everything else has stopped for all of this chaos so like her brother is still in the city and maybe this is a good place to transition to talking about tr knight because i agree he's just killing it um her brother is still in the city um she is still has to go to work like she's got all of these normal life things happening and uh, absolutely no time to deal with any of them. So she just needs to sort of yell in the face of this guy that she is, one, absolutely using as a distraction, but two, who she seems to actually sort of like. She just yeah. happens to also be kind of in love with a dead guy who doesn't exist except for in her mind. Right. And just as like a personification of her own interior voice now, um, which gets driven home real hard this in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Tier Knight and Davey. Um I really just want to hear what the two of you think about it. But one of the things I really like about Tierra Knight's performance um, in this ep- in these episodes is how he refuses to make eye contact with Kaylee Cuoco, um, especially at- after they've stormed out of the restaurant. And he just keeps looking for a cab, but also like just keeps looking beyond her. And it's such a good acting choice. Um, and I'm really curious, like, if he, who made that decision and when and that kind of a thing. But it's such a great thing of, it tells you everything you need to know about Davey and based on what little we can kind of gleam from um, 
Cassie's memories, which are now getting scrambled a little bit and or recontextualized or clarified or however you want to kind of word that. Brain scrambly is, I think, Brain is the technical scrambly. term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but his recollection of things is a lot, for him, is a lot clearer. And you can just see that in Knight's performance and body language and how he just talks about, you can't keep secrets from my kids secret keeping was a thing you and dad did don't do it to my kids so all of this stuff on a writing level but also just on how knight's delivering it i think is really beautiful yeah that the thing with looking around and over and at but not directly making eye contact with cassie is yeah i I clocked that as well and that's something that he definitely knight definitely used or deployed that same thing with george sometimes on gray's anatomy um for particular moments that were emotionally challenging for the character um so i wouldn't be surprised if that's a knight choice Mm -hmm. um but it also could be in the script it also could be from the directors um he he's really good in this he's really terrific in this and i look forward to well, I don't look forward to what's coming next unless it's not him getting, you know, kidnapped by Miranda or something. Because <laughs> that's the thing. is like I want, I really would like more with Davey, um, but I don't trust that when we get more with Davey, it won't <laughs> be in the violent end of things. And I want to I want to keep him safe off at the aquarium. Um, everything that we're getting, you know, when you talk about the memories, I, I don't think of them as brain scrambly memories. I think the, of the, the, I mean, what I've been thinking of as a memory palace, but like the dissociative state is more brain scrambly for me. This, these memories that we got from her, this episode felt much more like when you're watching a movie and like Grand Budapest Hotel and they do a, or, or Galaxy Quest and they do a, a, a very deliberate aspect ratio change. Um, mm-hmm. And Cassie has been keeping those bars, those like old timey TV mm-hmm. bars, the four three bars, ratio, four yeah. three ratio on the side of her childhood memories, so she will not see her stumbling father shoving her brother out of the way, so she can win a race. And when challenged on this, um, in a I gotta say very respectful way considering the extent Mm -hmm. of the like what we can infer is the extent of the trauma and abuse that he went through from his i feel safe to assume very homophobic father um as well as everything else um that's you know he he's very gentle and loving in his way of pushing back on her with this that but that combined with her emotional state and mental state with everything else she's dealing with, also the trauma she's dealing with, has knocked those like those black bars on the side of you. Like, if you watch old TV now, listeners, um, they instead of having the bars on the top, and they have the bars on the side. It's knocked those out of the way, and now she's seeing the full picture and um, be, having to reckon with that at a time when she doesn't have the emotional space for it, um, but needs to. Uh, so, so, yeah, it, it's... I mean, it's a pretty... It's pretty one for one, but sometimes I think trauma really is one for one. Like it's not subtle, but it doesn't always have to be. It's not always like rosebud, you know. It's not always some like one little piece. It's like yeah, her dad fostered like alcoholic behaviors in her, and this was the way her way of coping with having an abusive alcoholic father was to normalize the abuse and perpetrate it you know, unknowingly or unintentionally to some extent as she grew up. So, I mean, 
it just makes sense. And the fact that we're finding this out in episode four, really episode four, and we still have several more episodes to go. It's like, well, we haven't, <laughs> we haven't watched the dad make her kill a deer yet, which is, I'm guessing where we're headed. Um, or a bunny. Or a bunny, both, probably. We know she shot a deer and was not happy about it. So, yeah, it's just not going to be good. <laughs> you know, if this is the episode four reveals, what is lurking? Yay. Um, parched over there, Noel? Yeah, Noel just got thirsty. Slow. Allison, I've been talking too long. <laughs> what do you think? Um, you know, I really agree. Um, first, to Noel's point about about the physical choices that TR Knight is making, there there are absolutely some things that he also did on Grey's Anatomy. Um, but to me, they read a little bit like um, like theater choices, frankly, like using sure. the staging to your advantage yeah. because he's very cognizant of where you can tell that he's very cognizant of where the other actors are in space. Like watching, he's really good in that aquarium scene mm -hmm. because he's balancing this, trying to figure out what's going on with Cassie, with keeping an eye on his kids, with trying to placate his husband. Like it's, there's a lot going on and you can see his focus kind of moving around and getting scattered as he tries to deal with it all. Um, and this in a literal sense is he's just placing his body in places where he can't see her because if he looks at her, he will lose his temper or fall apart or not stick to his guns or whatever reason. There's obviously reasons not doing that. And I think that reaches that its peak with one of my favorite moments in either of these episodes, which is when he kisses her on the forehead. Yeah. Um, because he just, his eye, his eyes are what he just is looking straight past her and it's obviously a, an expression of love, but is so obviously also, an actual like push away, right? He brings her in so that he can sort of push himself away. Um, and I think it's really, I just think it's really great. He does. Tier Knight has a, a rich background in theater. Um, and I have always thought is really great. And he got totally screwed by Grey's Anatomy. So um, more work for Tier Knight, please put him in everything. Except I, the good uh, wife. Kate, he wasn't very good on the good wife, but I don't remember you... him on the good wife. Exactly. exactly. Okay. <laughs> yep. That's, that seems right. Um, <laughs> Uh, give him another chance, Kings. Put T.R. Knight on evil. Please put T.R. Knight on oh, evil. See, that, oh, would, that would be good. That. Yeah. that would be good. Let's do that. But <laughs> speaking of things you would watch the shit out of, Kate, I hate that you put this what if Miranda kidnaps Davy energy into the air because I do not want that. But I definitely want to see Michelle Gomez and T.R. Knight act together. Like very different vibes. And she's doing something that's so much more restrained than the stuff she usually gets to do. Um, which is, so, it's just really exciting to watch. To watch her sort of play off of um, these more ostentatious villains that she's played lately. And kind of use that image but then do something that's much more intimate and restrained and subtle uh, and i just think the two of them together would be really fun and scary also i mean i just want to see michelle gomez with everyone michelle gomez with annie yes like please michelle gomez and social mammoth i want it i want it right now <laughs> i want all the things i want michelle gomez in the mind palace i want her everywhere so yeah let's talk about miranda a little bit then uh because that's a good segue because she gets a fair bit of play across both, both of these episodes uh as we get to see her trying to hunt down Cassie slash slash Alexandria Ricci. Um, and... oh, no, it's not even Alexandria. It's Alessandra. Yeah, Alessandra. Yeah. Alessandra. Because yeah. you went from Cassandra to yeah. Alessandra. She's not right. great at she's not great at the fake names. <laughs> when she's banging on that door and she goes, it's Cassie Patton. I'm gonna this is Alex Alessandra Ricci. Whoever, whatever. <laughs> Open the door. Like, oh God, honey. Well, and that's when you're like, okay, Miranda 
says that she's not buying that Cass like Cassie stuff, right? That that it she's just a flight attendant. I'm like, you, okay, that's got to be a line because the people that she's talking to, what that's what they want to hear. Because there's no way, like Miranda, obviously we're supposed to think is you know some level of slipping, right? But mm-hmm. like. Those mindfulness tapes just aren't helping, man. There's no way that she is even remotely professional. And she's Michelle Gomez. Of course she's professional. Um, And has been doing this for a while and is good at her job. Uh, And thinks that this is an act. Like, it's obvious. It's obvious that she doesn't know what she's doing. Cassie doesn't know what she's doing. And so I'm really intrigued to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though, for me anyway, is that... Even though Cassie doesn't know what she she's doing, to an outside observer that doesn't know her, it looks like she knows what she's doing. Yeah, but I mean, um, by the time she's knocking on the door, I mean, like, from that point on, when she's like, it's, it's, it's Cassie. I mean, it's Alessandra. Like, no, no person who has even slight training is going to make that mistake. Well, counterpoint, um, you could also look at that, through, if you're looking through Miranda's eyes, how the hell did Cassie know where she was going to be? Yeah, and, which she didn't, right? It's yeah. a coincidence. But Miranda's in that apartment, and she hears her at the door. That would be my response, right? Like, oh, we're on the same path. We're looking at the same people. Um, so there's that. So like a mess, but maybe it's a ruse. And then you throw in the multiple passports, which I am assuming that that is just that Cassie doesn't throw out her expired passports. That's what I yeah. said too. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like I'm figuring that's it, but if you're, if you're, um, browsing through somebody's belongings and you find multiple passports and you're in a hurry, of course, that's what you'd think, right? Right. Just like when Cassie goes wandering through Alex's apartment and she starts piecing things together and the fake version of her in her head gets all mad. You can understand why it is that she's drawing those conclusions, whether or not they're exactly accurate. The polar bear though, yikes. Yeah, and Cassie has that recall for detail. Like, she remembers the passcode because she's able to link things to something she already knows. Like, Kate, your point about a memory palace, she has, like, a memory palace. She just doesn't know she has one, Um, which is, again, goes back to the hotel and being confused as to why she's in this room. That functions as sort of a very messy, small subset of a memory palace that is much larger than what she thinks it is. Um, so I think that's the reason why is that she's, even though she's stumbling onto things, everything that she's doing looks methodical, even to the FBI, who's just like, she charmed her way into, she, for us, she charmed her way into the apartment by sweet talking the doorman and everything and commiserating about that awful sculpture. The FBI just thinks that she knows Sokolov and goes so there often that she's like on best terms with the doorman. Um, which is just, I love that whole sequence with the doorman. That actor really conveys how much he loathes. Um, <laughs> it's that. so specific. It's, it's really great. good. Yeah. It's also just good scout location because, you know, like location scouts went to that part of New York and went, oh, this is a great building to do some, this is a great weird art install, urban art installation to do something with. What do we do with it? Let's have a doorman just be angry about it. <laughs> It's so specific and so good. But this also gets to like the other thing that's kind of happening across both of these episodes is that the net's kind of like starting to close in because we meet Miranda's uh, like boss, um, Victor, 
who just sits in her apartment until he has dinner plans, and then he was going to come back later and do the same thing, just in case. Um, and also poor beleaguered Cecilia, who <laughs> just wants Miranda to come home. And just all these little weird moving parts about this conspiracy that is opaque to us, but also seems vaguely opaque to them as well, which I find really interesting. Yeah, Victor isn't scary enough for me. Oh, you don't think so? I find his whole casual vibe very threatening, and I don't care for it. But I'm also very off-put by very casual people. It's, well, it's, it's you know, I, it's, I guess I, I can see what they're doing, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. the fact that I'm not being threatening is what, and Michelle Gomez is responding in this way, is what makes me threatening. Like, yeah, I get it. I've seen it done in so many different things. This is the first, that's the first character in this where I was like, yeah, I... Yeah, but, like, it's not a twist on it. It's not a different way of taking, you know, address, doing that kind of character. It just feels like by numbers so far, at least. I Like, I'm watching this going, like, I feel like Miranda should be able to just, like, eat you. And that's not, that's not the energy <laughs> that this dynamic should have. What did, what did you think, Allison? Well, I wonder how much of that is it seems like Miranda should eat you and how much is it seems like Michelle Gomez should eat yeah. you. Yeah, um, it's really bad. Because she really is just, she's such a force. Um, I didn't respond to it as negatively as you did, but I am, I guess, sort of ambivalent on that character at this point. Um, there is kind of a, I'm a cool boss vibe. Right, yeah. That I find really menacing for reasons that have nothing to do with violence right like anybody anytime someone's like we're you know we're cool we're pals right they're definitely manipulating you like that's def like that's not it's not a good working relationship um or at least is not now if it ever was uh so even without the threat of violence i'm interested in that part of it at least yeah we should talk a little bit about the paralleling that's going on here with Uh cassie and miranda even down to like their makeup and like the amount of that it that it is the mascara is running and stuff. Um, I think that that is the more interesting thing they've done for me with Miranda so far uh, to explain why she is not back in London, right? And yes, it's also an accepted like trope of this type of story, right? But I think having us connect that these two characters opposing characters with that i think is really interesting and also i you know it it's this idea you know it gives maybe a little bit of an idea of why they didn't i guess i guess it's possible miranda didn't kill if miranda did kill um uh alex that they she didn't kill cassie just out of coincidence that seems sloppy for her it feels more like she was like oh she's not here right now great Let's kill him now, because then I don't have to do that. Because they did have drinks together. So I like this in my head, Miranda enjoys Cassie and she's like, Well, if I don't have to kill her, I'm not gonna. And then this just, just has led to all this other stuff. So paralleling these two with this, like, I can't let it go. I need to fix it. I, and, and what we get here with Cassie is like, Annie's in trouble because of me. I have to fix it, right? I think is working really well to keep me invested in this relationship or this like connection. Yeah, I mean I think that episode five really cements that um because there are little bits of it before there's the conversation they have about her not unpacking and all of that stuff so in some ways they're opposites and in some ways they're not anyway um the end of episode five when we're getting the sort of montage of 
Cassie running towards the crash as a child and Cassie as an adult running from the building. I think that's the piece where I was like, oh, okay, there's an interesting dynamic that these characters share um, because both of them are actively making a bad situation worse. Um, Just like, so then it just is getting worse for both of them. It's not as though everything would go away if both of them just stopped. It would, this would still be a giant mess, but it would be a lot less of a mess. um, And they'd be getting more sleep, I think. So that need to sort of be in a crisis um, and to be kind of a mess, I think is a really interesting thing to look at. And that shot of, young Cassie running towards the crash with a smile on her face is absolutely haunting. What a way to end that episode. Oh, he, uh, Noel was thirsty. Yeah, I was just super thirsty. Um, We're almost out of time, but I do want to like quickly, uh, we need to talk about Annie um, and BB Newworth. Can BB Newworth, man. And, um, but also a little bit more about Megan and continuing to be in the actual, actual show that everyone else thinks Cassie is in. Um, but also that Cassie has that voicemail of Megan speaking Korean to some random dude. And that's probably not going to come back at any point. <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. Nope. No, that, that's not that, going to be a thing. Zoom in on merge. Not important. N- yeah. No, it, it's, and it's definitely not going to be sort of a wow it comes up at the worst possible moment like cassie's id did absolutely yeah. not no. um that was a great reveal by the way um i'm sorry what was the beginning i got very caught up in the bit there's Annie, Annie and megan that we still megan. kind of like need to acknowledge a uh, bit. rosie perez is just great i'm enjoying megan's story so much and wow is her husband an idiot holy yeah, crap just just the densest of boys just, just <laughs> I'm very glad that he loves her so much, but oh my God, like the porn lie, fine, fine. But the motel thing, di- it didn't even make any sense. Like it no, didn't even, it did even approach sense. And he yeah. just was like, what sex? Okay, I'll go home. Off to the steakhouse. Um, just yikes. Bad. Very bad. Uh, I am very concerned for Annie. Um, yeah. I do think that this is a better favor than whatever was going to come next. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, so telling a man to kill himself. It's it's only worse from there. There's it's no It's only other... worse than that. Yeah, because, like, obviously, that is bad. But also, he has a choice in that mm-hmm. moment. So, at least there's that, you know? Like, I'm not saying it's good, listeners. It's obviously very, very bad. But, like, on the scale of things that were going to come next... Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to need something positive for Annie at some point. I don't know how, how that could be. I don't even know how that makes sense with this story. Like, I don't know how that could fit with the narrative and with what they've been setting up as what could possibly make sense. I just don't want Annie to end the show ruined and d- emotionally, psychologically personally destroyed and i don't know how that doesn't happen for her so i'm a little disconcerted it's like it's like she's the jesse pinkman like there's no it cannot possibly end well for her and she is certainly a part of what's happening but she has been dragged into it by like a chaotic force so i guess like a happy ending the best happy ending that we could hope for for annie is she moves to alaska (laughs) 
Um, with Max, who's fine. With Max, who is perfectly fine. And then opens a bakery or something um, because she's totally going to get disbarred. That's she's totally going to. Although Nola's not drinking water now, so who knows? How many have you seen at this point? I've seen the next two episodes. So do you want to hear episode titles for the Let's next do two? it. Let's Look do it. So Marcus, if you have anything else to say, well, first she has to find out about Max, as Marcus points out, and he does have to find out about Max. I'll just let you know that do- that conversation does not go well. Uh, <laughs> Gee. <laughs> um, no surprises there. Um, so Marcus, if you have anything else, drop them in the chat. Um, in, so then episode six is called After Dark. And then episode seven is Hitchcock Double. Okay, that's fun. That's yeah, no, title. Hitchcock Double is a very good episode title. Um, After Dark, it already is dark at, at the, when the episode starts with the car hitting Max and everything. So um, it's just going to get happier from here. That's what <laughs> I'm guessing. Because it's always, it's always darkest before the dawn. And it's already dark, guys. So clearly, dawn. Nah. Um, and then as for Hitchcock Double, I, she's already gone undercover. Um, she's going to somehow do that again. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I, I love the undercover thing. It's very, it's giving me um, the, just just a little tiny bit of Lucifer energy, which is maybe partially why Latoya likes it so much. Um, I'm going to say After Dark, maybe... That's like a flashback reference, and it's because we have already seen her getting a day beer with her dad as a tiny child. It's horrifying. So maybe it's like a evening at home with the Bowdens um, at some point. And then Hitchcock Double. Uh, I'm guessing full Thomas Crown Affair. We get like seven Cassies, and we're in the, the Macy's on... Uh, I don't somewhere it's not state streets, Chicago. We're in a Macy's, the the main, the Macy's, the um, a big Macy's and a big Macy's. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and they have, they're being chased by Miranda and all of a sudden like eight different Cassie's and it's, a, and it's all the people who can now barely tolerate her wearing the same blonde wig and they all go their separate ways. Even Jada. Yeah. And then, and then Hedwig the Owl dies. Anyway. <laughs> I want to know when we're going to get Cassie and Miranda teaming up against Victor or, or some, one of Victor's other people, because that has to happen, right? Is that, it feels like a Hitchcock double thing. Yeah. Yeah. It does feel like a very Hitchcock double kind of deal. We'll see. But I don't know if it happens or not. I just don't know. Um, I do know. And I can tell you if you want, but you no. don't want me to tell you. Don't you um, dare. Yeah, so on Monday, we'll be back to talk about After Dark and Hitchcock Double. That will be week 40 (laughs) of streaming in place. Um, But yeah, and the finale of this, if you're listening and have watched past us, actually drops on Thursday, tomorrow, as we record this. Um, So you can just watch ahead of us if you want, but don't do that. (laughs) I'm doing that, but I have to. It's such a burden that I carry for this podcast. Um, So yeah, I will talk with all of you on Monday, except for Kate, who I will talk to in a few hours. Uh, (laughs) All right, everyone, have a great afternoon, and I'll talk to all of you later. Bye. 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 Thanks, Margaret.